you want to be free, the first thing you have to think about is what kind of education should we possess? Two words, death. Two words, death, death. Education. Two words, death. Two words, death, death. Education. Death, death, education. The education system presumes you to fail. The next place is the corner, then after that, jail. Good afternoon. You're tuned in to the Deaf Education Podcast, where we focus on public education, social justice, and the arts. Our guests represent a cross-section of America's urban culture, shedding light on the context of authentic learning. This is Andre Benito Mountain, and we are honored to have a special guest tonight. Our guest tonight is Fat Boy. He is the creator uh, who has helped to define the sound of Atlanta. He's a living legend, and let's give a deaf education welcome to our special guest tonight, Fat Boy. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm blessed to be here, man. Blessed to be here. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We're happy to have you here on the Deaf Education Podcast. You know, this is a new podcast, and the purpose of our podcast is to help people understand that you know, as as educators, as principals, I'm a school principal, you know, we have to also keep in mind that everybody that we're educating is not going to try to go into certain professions that we commonly think of. Some of our folks are going to be creators and innovators, and we got to make sure the school is a place that nurtures those talents as well. You know, so often we, we, we stay focused on the basic stuff like nurses, doctors, teachers and 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 lawyers but we also we all of us drive to work listening to music all of us have a birthday party and we listen to music absolutely or we you know so we have to also remember who's going to be the creators in the future and teachers have to be conscious of developing that as well absolutely absolutely all right so let's let's start with the first question the first question is who is Fat Boy? Man, Fat Boy is a simple but complex individual. Um, a very passionate uh, and driven individual. Um, anything uh, he believes in, he's he, he's going to put uh, ten toes down into it. Um, and go all the way in, you know. So um that created Fat Boy the producer. Um, you know, have produced, uh, been involved with the uh careers of a lot of uh you know stars, um, starting with Camouflage in Savannah, um, who was uh whose career was tragically taken short uh in two thousand three. And then on to uh, Jeezy and Gucci Mane and Rocco and uh, Monica and, you know, a host of other people. So, um, you know, Fat Boy is a person that doesn't take no too well. I, I don't I don't take if you tell me I can't do something. I'm going to show you I can. I 
got you. I got you. Awesome, man. And and you know, Camouflage was on on the rise. He was on the rise. How did you end up meeting with him? Uh, well, I I, I had moved to Atlanta in '98, um, and I started uh, pursuing a career in music. Um, I, I made my mind up and said, "Yeah, this is this is what I'm going to do." Um, and I moved to Atlanta, uh, basically, you know, for networking purposes mostly, just trying to get my face in the scene, uh, and being in in all the places where music was happening. And um, I ran across, you know, one of my good friends right now, uh, B Lamb. Um, and we started a little, uh, production duo and we were moving around Atlanta, uh, just, you know, trying to network. We had another homeboy that was working for the source magazine. So he was our press pass for whatever club we wanted to get into. Um, so basically just moving around Atlanta like that, uh, trying to network with, wasn't asking for any handouts or anything, just really wanted to network and get my face recognized and when i ran out of money um i moved back to uh savannah and um uh, well actually statesboro moved back to statesboro and pure pain was just opening the doors and uh i started uh booking out uh eight hour blocks uh to record in pure pain and my man g Cope who was the uh, VP of um, Pure Pain at the time, he heard the music that I was making with my brothers uh, and my cousins and uh, asked what, you know, what were we doing and um, what's our situation and all that. And he ended up um, signing us there, uh, signing me as an in-house producer. And I brought my brother um, and, and the rest of the group in but uh that's how i met camouflage uh he also heard the stuff that uh i was recording with my with my brothers and my cousins and uh it went from there and you know he he wanted to have me on the label and you know he got his wish wow small world man. yeah and and you were at georgia southern at the time that all this happened no this this was after this was after southern this was after yeah. Southern. So let me ask you this: Who who would you say are your influences musically? My influ influences musically, um, first and foremost, my father. Um, secondly, uh, Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones, and Jimmy Jam okay. and Terry Lewis, Dr. Dre. Uh, I got a few, um, but my my main ones. Uh, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson, and, and 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 of course my dad. So you know, speaking of your dad, I've been doing some research on you. Your father was a jazz musician, and and you know I think it's very important that that people who are into hip hop and those who who love the culture understand the connection of hip hop to jazz music. Talk to us about your father's connection with jazz music and how that influenced you. Okay, and also first before I get into that, I also want to say uh, my other musical. Some of my other musical influences were my mother, um, 
and uh my uncles her brothers because it, it was always so that's where i got my variation in different kinds of music i see but uh as far as my father my father um basically jazz was his hip-hop um my grandparents uh really didn't want him you know they, they were looking at the jazz music he was playing as you know cut that noise off and stuff same way <laughs> you know our parents were when when when, when we were in hip-hop in the hip-hop the way we were you know cut that noise down you know but uh yeah you know so it, it, it was the same for him and he went his own direction um from what his parents wanted him to do i mean he, he still went to college and all that but he went to a college of his choice he ended up going to famu um and he actually played at halftime halftime in the super bowl and all that so um he basically one day when he was in uh at famu stuck a trumpet in my hand and and uh for a um a report he had to do and i was part of his assignment uh well i wasn't part of the assignment but he made me a part of his um his uh report and i blew his trumpet and and all that and i probably couldn't have been no older than four years old um <laughs> and long story short his uh his professor didn't believe that that was his four-year-old son blowing his trumpet uh and I, I if i'm not mistaken he 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 failed um the uh presentation part of the exam um passed the written part but failed the presentation and uh years later um when wasted came out fam you was playing wasted at the halftime of uh at the halftime of, of a um i forget who was playing but it, it was you know big games that week uh in yeah. atlanta and fam you played at halftime and wasted was one of the songs they played and my father saw his old uh professor band director and uh pointed out to him like yeah remember uh my son that you said it couldn't have been him blowing that trumpet yeah that's his song right there so you know <laughs> it, it, it it all started from him putting that uh that horn in um in my hand and later on in middle school he became my uh music teacher um he taught me in middle school and uh he also taught zaytoven in high school oh he taught zaytoven yeah, he taught zaytoven in high school as well so and me and zay didn't know each other during during that period uh he was he had me at aptus middle school in uh san francisco in 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 a uh, middle school and he had zay at balboa uh or was it galileo it might have been bow whichever school uh oj simpson went to um i think was balboa he had um zay at balboa in high school and this is in, this LA? is in san francisco san francisco yeah. okay so you know his influences you know he he stayed on me man you know made me you know practice every day when i didn't want to had me in front of um the whole school um performing billy jean and <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was a lot of stuff man so <laughs> but uh 
hey, that leads that leads into my next question. So you attended the San Francisco School yeah. of the Arts, uh-huh. right? Talk to me about that. What was that experience like? Um, while I was actually going through it, man, it was nothing. It was like um for me, I did because I had to try out to get into it. Um Yeah. And at the time, um San Francisco School of Performing Arts was um, aligned with another high school called McAteer. So I was really thinking I was going to McAteer, but they, um, San Francisco School of Performing Arts would let you do your curriculum through McAteer. Um, but I was actually going to um, San Francisco School of Performing Arts. So I had to try out to get into, uh, try out to get into that school. I, I, you know the the band director told my literally told my father verbatim that uh that I kicked ass in in the uh <laughs> in the and uh, you know my my uh my tryout but that experience man it was um you know I was a freshman in high school and I ended up moving um some of the first chairs out the way for for, for certain songs um, but the thing about it was, um, and I didn't, appre- I didn't really appreciate that until later on in life, when I look back on it and was like, realized like, oh man, I was going to San Francisco school of performing arts. Um, yeah. because I went to school with other people that, in- that went to uh, the same school and ended up, um, you know becoming successful in their fields um and i mean actors uh margaret cho she's older than me but she was like a senior when when i um was a freshman there uh she ended she she went on to become a successful comedian um oh i can't think of her name but she uh she was on the view or the talk for a little while and uh she was on talk soup She's a comedian too, and she also plays on uh, Archer. She voices uh, uh, what's her name? Alicia Tyler. Alicia Tyler. Okay. Alicia Tyler. Yeah. I went to school with Alicia Tyler, and I also went to school with oh, I can't ever think of their names, man. Um, what is his name? He's a, he he's a big actor too. Um, he played Billy the Kid in The Green Mile. Um. I can't think of his name right now, but yeah, I went to school, man. I, I went to school with a lot of people that ended up being successful uh, in their fields because we had a music department and we had a um, theater department. And that was Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell. Absolutely, Sam Rockwell. absolutely. Yeah. I went to school with Sam Rockwell too. So Sam and Alicia both were in the drama department, and uh, you know, I, of course, I didn't know them at the time, but. Just looking back to uh, alumni that went to um, San Francisco School of Performing Arts, I found out all the people that I went to school with. Not, I was just blown away, um, you know. And I ended up, um, you know, doing my thing in music. But you know, that program, a lot of people came out of that program, man. And you know, I looked at it as, you know, I didn't finish because I ended up uh, moving back to Georgia. Um, because I, you know, I was falling in all the pitfalls that so many young black men fall into. Um, and my father, you know, he sent me to Statesboro where, 
I was going to be slowed down regardless because, you know, Statesboro didn't believe in doing nothing fast. Uh, who who was in so who was in Statesboro when my you mother landed? Yeah, they mother? They, okay. they separated when when I was five years old. So um, so uh, we spent time uh, between Statesboro, Georgia, and San Francisco. So he sent me back to Statesboro at, at this point because I was I was getting in that you know and being being a single parent he couldn't keep an eye on me. Uh, all the time but if I'd have realized that I was actually going to a performing arts school looking back on it I think I would have you know but I, I wouldn't see in the league because my first love was football so I was also playing football for McAteer um, yeah. so you know that that's where my head was really at my music was something that I could just do I could do it it was just that came easy to me football did too sports anything that I did it kind of came easy to me but my first love was football so yeah. that's what i that's what i was really wanting to do i can imagine that's a big change from san francisco to states huge that's totally huge, huge. but growing up in san francisco i saw things could happen because the mentality in statesboro was a lot of people saying man them white folks ain't gonna let you do that them white folks ain't gonna let you do that yeah which i couldn't understand because i saw people that looked like me doing big things in san francisco so yeah. that didn't compute yeah. with me. It's like that's I, I I can't. I mean, even with my even within my own family, I had people telling me that them, you know, excuse the French, but the crackers ain't gonna let you do. Uh, what you talking about, man? <laughs> like I see people doing it all the time, man. I'm looking at the San Francisco 49ers. Black people play for them. I see a lot of athletes, uh, uh, musicians in San Francisco that's being successful. We had too short in oakland we had dr dre with the world-class wrecking crew in la uh what you telling me i'm looking at that didn't happen i'm looking at it and then um right after right after too short um e40 in vallejo and um digital underground also in oakland i'm like what are y'all telling me that don't make sense to me Cause I've seen people come from the same place I come from, and they become they, they become successful. So, but it it, it it was a mentality in Statesboro that's just you know, it was a pretty much uh work by the sweat of your brow, um you know back breaking work and you know you just and my ideology of what I wanted to do in life I didn't want to work a nine to five like that, I just didn't. And they, you know, I yeah. was, uh, I was, I was misunderstood with that. It's just like, I don't want to do that. I've seen what my own family looks like from working back breaking jobs all the time. You know, they used to always tell me, boy, you ain't got no back yet. You ain't got nothing but bristle. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, about that. <laughs> you know, what, what do you mean by bristle? But that's because they worked the kind of jobs that they worked for so long. You know, at some point they might have those little back aches and, you know from working all day yeah. but i appreciate that because i work just how they work i'm a hard worker just like they are all the stuff that i learned from them and picked up i picked up the same attitude from them i just put it in a place of music i'm going to work like how y'all work but i'm going i'm going to work in a field that i actually love i just didn't believe in working a that's job right. that i didn't love that i didn't want to work because that's going to feel like work but 
I work harder than anybody that works a nine to five because I, I put in 10, 12, sometimes 16 hours every day and I'm working hard as hell. But I have that same work hard mentality. I'm just doing I'm just doing it in the field that I love. So it doesn't feel like work for me. So what I'm getting to from you is that you're one of those people who you've leaned into your gift. You figured out what your gift was and you started leaning in the direction of that gift and saying, listen, this is what I'm going to put my Absolutely. energy into. Right. That's what that. And that's exactly what it did. And it started through DJing. DJing was the first thing that I picked up that I knew I could do well. Um, and the next logical step was moving into producing music. I was looking at, uh, you know, just looking back over MTV and all everything that, that the BET, everything that you, that, uh, we looked at. Um, and it always seemed like the DJs of the groups were, were, were producing those groups. So I felt like that was my next logical step. So from, so DJing went into producing and, uh, that's absolutely how, how it happened. You know, for, for me, the same thing is true. You know, I'm a principal, I'm a school principal, but I love writing. I've always loved writing. I majored in history at Georgia right. Southern right there in Statesboro. And, um, I, I used to always be amazed when people would say, man, I got to do this paper. I love doing papers because I love writing and doing the research. And what I found is as I've grown older, I still write. I write articles. Absolutely. I write books because Absolutely. I enjoy writing. And, you know, you have to lean into what it is that you you enjoy Absolutely. and find that thing because then it doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel like work. Like work. At all. It doesn't feel like work. Nah, and you can stay up all night doing it. You can get up at four a.m. and do and it, I've, I've, and, and, and it's something that you yep. you feel good Absolutely. about. I, I agree a thousand percent. Um, I actually took my son. Uh, my son was job shadowing me for a little bit, and he loves music. But when he saw how Daddy works, he changed his mind about that. He was like, "You have to do this again tomorrow." I was like, "Yeah, this is every day." And it changed his mind about it because he was like, man, I've, I've been in the studio with you all day and you didn't even leave the room. Like, I don't leave the room when I work. Like, I stay in the room. Everybody else might leave the room, take bathroom breaks. I really don't even take bathroom breaks, man. It might be that one time was like, oh, man, I really got to use the bathroom and then I'll go out. But uh, I sit in the room all day long. And my son, is he was just, you know, he was blown away. Like, man, you do this every day? Like, yeah, this is every day, son. Every day. And I'm not on a clock. I don't have to punch in at this time and then clock out at this time. Yeah. I'm doing this yeah. because I want to do it. This is what I do to take care of you and your sister. And, you know, this is what I do. Um, But it, it's... I'm my own boss that. at it though, you know. So um yeah, he, he's blown away and, and, and he came to the conclusion that yeah, I don't want to make music. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? My kids? son is 13 and my daughter is 29. So yeah, okay. All right. So you got one that's mm -hmm. already gone and one that's kind of figuring out whether or not right. he wants to do right. this. 
my my daughter awesome. basically joined one of the family businesses which is teaching my my dad is a teacher my mom worked with the uh, special uh special needs kids uh my aunt was a teacher my grandparents were teachers on my dad's side so uh she ended up going in you know part of the family business we have all these teachers I got a uh, couple of cousins that are teachers um on on my mom's side so she ended up joining the family business um you know we're we're educators we're educators athletes musicians um brick masons uh, you know I, I come from a very skilled family a very skilled family and I'm 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 blessed with my family both sides of my family man it, uh it's a lot of skill in the on, on both sides of my family and I I I picked up all of it whether or not they think I did or not I I was a sponge I picked up everything from both my grandfathers um all my uncles my mom my dad like my whole you know big older cousins like yeah I picked up a lot of game from my from my family man both sides so fat boy if you could name two or three people who really influenced you to get to where you are now to being a person who is shaping the sound of Atlanta music who would those two, two people be two or my three my dad yeah and both my grandfathers and 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 I got to throw yeah. my mom in it, it, I mean it's more but I mean the top of it uh my dad and my two grandfathers both grandfathers my my mom's father and my dad's father now was your dad playing records around the house how was he influencing you as my mom was where the records come from so okay mom was you know with dad it was uh it was going to his rehearsals and stuff if i'm taking a nap i'm actually crawling inside the bass drum um while the bait while the drummer is playing and i could sleep through him playing drums but they kind of wanted me to get in there because it would give the drums a a a, a deeper sound uh kind of like padding the drums um so with him it was going to rehearsals with mom it was having all the music around the the, the um you know and mom was hip like the new whatever new was coming out she was on top of it and not only that but my uncles i had two uncles that were like brothers to me because they're only nine and ten years older than me. So, and my mom is the oldest. And from my from my grandfather, um, from my from from my grandfather. So, um, her music was different from my younger uncle's music. So I was getting the whole thing. But with my mother, you know, she was buying all the hot brand new stuff. You know, Whitney Houston. First time I heard Whitney Houston was from my mother. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard Luther Van Gogh, that was from my mother. Gap Band, Gap Band might have been from one of my from my uncle went, but uh, yeah, man, I, I was introduced to a lot of people from my mother. So playing music around the house while Dad was going to work, music was being played from my mother. Isley Brothers, um, Cool in the Game, uh, stuff like that, and then whenever I was at my grandparents house my mother's uh parents house music from my uncles it, it you know so that that was that was the dynamic that i had no no matter where i went there was music around me 
my aunt, my, my dad's uh my dad's sister, um, she introduced me to grown Michael Jackson with Off the Wall, um, where I became a Michael Jackson super fan. Um so man, all all, all this all these different musics was around me, man. It was just whoever I was around, if it was my dad and his older brothers, it was jazz. If it was my mom, it was R&B, soul, funk with my uncles. It might range from Jimi Hendrix uh, on my mom's side with my uncle Alfred. It might range from Jimi Hendrix to Earth, Wind and Fire. And my younger uncles, uh, you know, uh, Ready for the World and um, Keith Sweat, uh, Janet Jackson. And, you know, so it was just, man, I, so I had a full plethora of different music around me. I can do any kind of music. Um, I can produce any kind of music I want because, you know, between uh, my father um, with jazz, my mother with soul, you know, R&B, soul, uh, funk, um, pop, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, even, 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 you know, some rock and with my, you know, my uncles, uh, ranging from Jimi Hendrix to, um, my uncle Alfred with Jimi Hendrix to Earth, Wind and Fire, um, to my youngest, my younger uncles with Keith Sweat, um, Janet Jackson, um, Anita Baker, uh, Ready for the World, uh, stuff like that, man. Midnight Star, Zapping Roger. You know, it, it was just, man, I, I was I was around so much music that um, it just basically shaped me as a producer. So you can't throw any kind of music at me. And I not know about it because my family was, it was so large and so many people into music that I just heard all kinds of music. Wow. That exposure, it filters into everything that you do and everything you create. Absolutely. So, you know, it kind of leads into one of my questions I was going to ask you. You know what inspires you? Who are some of your biggest influences? Which you you've you've alluded to that. Yeah. Um, as far as you know, when it comes to shaping who who Fat Boy became, um, but also you know my my heavy music influence. You know, I told you. Um, well, my my top five of music of pro producer influences: Quincy Jones, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. Um. Dr. Dre, Timberland, and Organized Noise. But it goes on into Prince, uh, Pharrell, um, you know, many more. But my top five of producers is those guys right there. And of course, MJ is my, you know, my number one all day uh, influence uh, with music. And, and the Jacksons, I mean, his brothers. It started. It started from the Jacksons too. That's an album my mom brought home, and I was, you know, she brought the Jacksons live. <laughs> she brought the Jacksons live home, and uh, I was stuck. I, I that's the moment <laughs> I knew I wanted to do music. 
and I was a little kid, and uh, I actually had opportunity. I, I I was in the studio with uh with one of his nephews, with T.J. Jackson, uh, one of Tito's sons, and I was able to tell him that story, man. You know, like yeah, man, I I got into music because my mom brought the Jacksons live home, and you know, me and my siblings, man, we we were picking which Jackson we were, and since I was the oldest of my siblings, you know, I had to be Jackie, but. You know, <laughs> that's uh that's what started it man that's what started it she brought that album home and that's the moment i knew i wanted to make music and i was man i couldn't have been nothing but what um eight nine years old so let me ask you what do you think that schools and school principals should do to b- do a better job of tapping into the creativity of our students get the music pro- programs back in to school but but and when i say the music programs i don't mean just just playing just playing instruments that that's one part of it get the get the live instrumentation back in schools but also incorporate um the way music um is produced today you know uh try to get a department where there's uh laptops in the music room where kids can sit sit down and um create music on programs you know like uh logic um fruity loops pro tools um luna you know different 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 programs and have them acclimated to but not only that learn those programs and be able to record the live playing in school um so i i think that could tap into a lot of uh you know kids having an interest in school with uh not 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 the technical part of music making but also the playing part of it yeah so you have two children of your own how do you make sure that they stay on point with with their schoolwork, but also still have a space to be creative. I know one of your children is is much older, but you have one that's younger that's still in school. How do you make sure that you balance creativity with you know just making sure that the work is done? Uh, you know, first and foremost, because you know I I, I come from a, a a family that's uh on both sides that's heavy on education. You know, get the education. So that's first and foremost. Um. I stay on them about that, you know, all day long. But when it comes to the creative side of things, you know, uh, I kind of treat it the way my dad treated us. You know, um, whatever you have an interest in, I'm going to let you fill that out. Um, mm-hmm. And if it's something that you want to do, I'm going to give my support on it. Um, I'm going to help you research it. I'm going to bring up stuff and show you things from, you know, yeah, this is him. This is what he did. This was, yeah. this is an influence here. You know, if you want to study, if this is what you want to do, if you want to be good at it, you have to study the greats. And that's how you uh, come into your own and whatever it is that you want to do. So whatever it is creates uh, creatively that they want to do, um, you know, I, I lend that support and, uh, you know, point them in, in the direction where greats in that field that they like were. You know, right now, my son, I mean, he still loves music, but after watching me work, he doesn't have the 
the uh, the bug for it yet for for actually doing it but he, right now he's still in sports just like me so same situation in that you know that that's an art um uh so i tell him to study the greats you know he, he loves football so study the greats you know um we had a debate one time about you know current athletes and i made him go look up eric dickerson i made him go look up uh barry sanders I, I made him look up walter payton i made him look up look up some of the greats that i saw as a, as a kid you know um so if, if you if you want to if you want to be great study some of these greats man the, the greats just don't exist in your time period there's guys that influence them to be great and these are some of the guys that influenced them before my time you know my dad then were watching Jim Brown and you know guys like that. But I know about Jim Brown because I watched Jim Brown. I went back and looked at old footage of Jim Brown. I wasn't even born when Jim Brown retired, you know. So um you have to uh you have to you know stay on them with their creativity. Don't don't uh I try not to um you know move them away from it but stay on it, you know, um not discourage them. You know, we have to always point our kids back to the origin of things. Absolutely. You know, even with, um, you know, I'm from Augusta and James Brown was a big influence with hip hop. Right. And, and and pointing folks back to the origin of some of the things that we've done in terms of even music, dance, beats, all of that, looking at the, the influence of James Brown. I'm going to be talking to one of his daughters in the coming weeks. Oh, wow. But... Yeah, but you know, just his influence on this culture of hip hop is is immense. Absolutely, no doubt. It's is immense. Absolutely. So that leads into my next question too, in, in terms of um this this culture, hip hop culture. What do you think about this current state of hip hop with how the music sounds, the state of the music with streaming and and, and trap music and all of that? Because we've gone from from sampling disco records to sampling james brown all the way to you know where we are now what are your thoughts about where we're going in the future of music uh the future of music is the past uh music is starting to um go backwards you know it's starting it's starting to uh uh you know with bruno mars basically re redoing the 80s um chris brown leans into a lot of 80s and 90s stuff um and a lot of hip-hop artists you're starting to hear hear their stuff uh become retro but because of the new new generation it sounds like a new sound to them yeah um but you know music the the, the one thing that i wish would happen with a lot of new artists is that they would look back to the artists that gave them the platforms that they're on now like you know study again study the greats you know um and that's a that that's an issue in hip hop that that we've been having for a long time you know uh there's a lot of young guys that don't know any of those names that I called out previously because they don't study them it's all about their time because everything moves so fast but i think uh it would add to their greatness and a lot of them going on to be great if they did look back um to yesteryear to some of the greats because one thing about greatness is they all come from the same type traits they all have the same traits um 
Now, as far as the streaming world, I'm not mad at it. I used to, it used to bother me in the beginning <laughs> because I didn't understand how I was going to get my money. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, but now, now I actually like it because a lot of, a lot of my, my songs that uh didn't come out on albums, but were released digitally, just streaming a lot of stuff that people don't even know I produced. Uh, when the check started coming in on that stuff, you're like, okay, I get it now. I understand. Um, and music industry has never made as much money as it's making right now. Now, the one thing I will say, and, and, but you can also find, everybody can find an audience now where labels used to control everything and they had to build your audience to stay put for your whole career. Um, even even as you added your audience grew, your core audience had to stay put. Now you can have you can build your core core audience, but still also have other audiences. Like yeah, I'm gonna do this record for this crowd over here. I'm gonna do this record for them over there, and still come back to your audience, and it not derail your career. Um, you have the platform to do whatever you want to do now, and not have to be pigeonholed and wait on somebody to give you a green light and say, okay, now it's time for you to come out. Um, you can take matters into your own hands and the labels, you might not even need a label. You know, you're in a, you're in a situation now where uh, if, if a label doesn't make you an offer uh, that you can't refuse. And when I say that, I'm not going to be an artist with you, but we're going to be partners. You're going to partner with me because I don't really need you anymore. When more artists understand that and um, really understand their power and ownership in their masters, um, which a lot of them are getting now because of streaming, they're they're retaining the rights to their masters and copyrights. Um, you know, we're we're going to see music go into new and unconceivable heights just five years ago. You know, so. Um, I, I used to be against it, but now I, I'm, I'm all for it, man. So who would you say are your top five lyricists? Of all time? Of all time. Top five lyricists of all time. Andre 3000. Okay. Um, KRS-One. Nas. Uh, Rakim. What's that? Four. That's four. Um, and five. Hmm. Uh, that's close. Uh, I'll go. I'll go, Biggie. Biggie. Okay. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. You got Andre 3000, Karis, One Nas, Rakim, and Biggie. I was I was waiting for you to say Jay Z, but you said Jay 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 Jay, Jay, awesome. Jay was on the tip of my tongue. Red Man <laughs> was on the tip of my tongue. Pac was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, but you but but you but you said lyricist, so I so I I just went with the lyricist side of it. And and you know what? If you talk to Jay, he's gonna say the Big was a big influence Absolutely. on him. So. You know, it it all ties together. So I definitely 
respect that list, that list of five top MCs. You know, this is Deaf Education. We have a set segment that talks about It Was Written. And at this point of the show, we're going to go into It Was Written. What is a book that you would recommend to someone who, say, aspires to be a producer in hip-hop? What would you say, hey, you need to read this book to get ready for the music industry or producing tracks? All You Need to Know About the Music Business by Donald S. Passman. That's the Bible. Gotcha. And it, and, and it updates uh, to the current state of music business. So, you know, I think now it's in it's in version 10 or something like that, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that the Quincy Jones coined that the music industry Bible. All you need to know about the music business by Donald S. Passman. Donald S. Mm -hmm. Passman. All right. All right. What would you say is your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Mm, my biggest failure. Um, or, or disappointment. Man, my biggest failure. My biggest failure, not capitalizing on the business part of my career earlier. Um, I learned because, you know, it's so much fakery in the business. A lot of times I wouldn't go around a lot of events and stuff like that uh, just because I didn't want to be around all the fakeness of it. But what I learned from that is it is a part of it. You have, if you're going to do business, you have to be around, um, you have to grow your network. Your network is your net worth. Um and you have to you have to do these events. You you have to put the the groundwork in on the business part of it. You have to know the the ins and outs of the business that you want to be in. You have to know what makes it work. Um, avenues that that you can pursue, avenues that won't be good for you to pursue. Um, you have to know that stuff. So that that's probably my my biggest failure in the beginning of my career was. I didn't I didn't concentrate as much on the business part of it and the importance of going to these places and meeting these other important people. I I didn't care earlier. Um but now, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, um these people and and you form you form partnerships with some of these people that can take your career in a completely different direction, you know, so that's probably my biggest failure as far as uh, my career and what I learned from it. So what's one thing you wish you had known when you started out as a producer? <laughs> Them taxes. Because <laughs> I went through that situation too, and it ain't nice, folks. It is not nice. I, you might have seen me with a nice smile on my face, but, you know, that was just me being a professional. But, man, the IRS was, whoo, they will kick your ass when, especially when you get in another tax bracket. And it's not a lot of people that look like us that get to experience being in that next tax bracket, you know, being in yeah. the 1%. Um, I mean, just in the world, how many people actually get to the 1% tile? Of, of of earners um 
So when you actually hit the 1%, man, it, it's a different ball game, man. And I was not ready. Everything came at me so fast. I was not ready to, I was not ready for that 1% lifestyle. And part of that was the taxes that, you know, it was like, man, I got to give all, I got to give this back to them. I ain't doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, man, uh, you know, if you, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to transition into the 1% lifestyle, uh, yeah, it's a hefty price that comes with it if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Wow. That's major. That's major. So last question. Last question. Where can our listeners connect with you online if they want to follow Fat? Um, my Instagram page, which is a new page. The, the, the previous page was hacked and for some reason I couldn't get it back from, from Instagram. So my new Instagram page is the fat boy underscore T H E F A T B O I underscore. Uh, and my Twitter is the fat boy without the underscore, just the fat boy. Now, whenever we have a guest, especially who's a musician, we always like to close with a song that they recommend for folks who want to connect with who they are. What's a song that you want our listeners to know? Like, this is a Fat Boy track. So we can mm, close with okay. that. Okay, Fat Boy track. Well, I'm going to have to go with Gucci Man Wasted. Where they do that at? South be 
reach my aim and hope. I'm probably with Tammy too. My life is a video and the women want they cameo. I just want them pantyhose and I'm higher than Geranimo. And I got them tools, tell them boys to get my can of coke. Stuff holding up, Wake up in the morning, 10 o'clock, drink, 